This is the official HITS training and consulting podcast. We are America's law enforcement canine training resource. We're raising the training bar for police dogs everywhere by discussing the intricate details of the training techniques used by the experts. HITS radio is merging the training world with the real world. You've been there. We've been there too. Welcome to HITS radio. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer. I'm back for a new season of HITS K9 Radio. Took a little break for what would have been uh, our HITS seminar this year in 2021. But uh, since the world's still kind of screwed up, uh, a few months ago, we had to make the difficult decision to have to cancel HITS 2021 this year. But we're on track for HITS 2022 in Orlando. Sounds like everything in Florida is going very smooth as far as uh, keeping things open and not having regulations. Uh, This year, we just could not get straight answers for our venue as to what was going to be happening by the time we got there in July. So we had to make the decision a few months out, uh, should we go or should we not go? Uh, Just couldn't take the chance of having them lock everything down with everybody making plans to come. So while it was unfortunate, it just uh, was something that we had to take care of. We were having a hard uh, time going back and forth with uh, the local health people there and uh, ended up uh, having to make that decision. But Anyway, we're back on track. We're going to be in Orlando in 2022. Information is on our website at hitsk9.net. And I'm happy to be back getting some shows cranked out again. We're going to be back uh, on a regular basis. I've got quite a few good guests lined up. And we'll do some reader questions. I've got those coming up. I've got some great questions. So I'll start off this show by uh, asking for more questions. So any question you have regarding dog training or the show or hits, uh, please email me. It's jeff at hitsk9.net. Jeff at hitsk9.net. I'd be happy to pose the questions to the experts and uh, get a little panel discussion going with uh, the questions. Obviously, if you have a question, probably a lot of other people have the same question, and I'd love to take some of those and uh, put them here on the air on uh, Hits K9 Radio. So with that, uh, let me get with our first topic that I wanted to touch on with this. uh, I guess it's our third season, Uh, and I want to talk about muzzles. So I don't have a guest today, but I want to talk about muzzle training and muzzles and Muzzle training for patrol dogs is kind of a passion of mine. I think uh, I'm I'm a big proponent of using muzzles for patrol dogs. And when I travel around, do seminars, I see some people are better, uh, I guess, trainers of muzzles. And some of the dogs are a little bit stronger in them when we see them. I would say that a lot of the people who are very anti-muzzle, when you talk to them, they have their arguments as to why they think muzzles are stupid for patrol dogs. But when you really start talking to them, um, usually those arguments don't hold up. They say that it'll inhibit the bite when actually uh, I believe the opposite. The dogs will start to learn to fight better when they're using a muzzle. Um, but the, what it usually boils down to is I think that they just have not had good success teaching dogs how to fight in muzzle properly. So they just shy away from it, which is somewhat human nature. But if you're interested in, in teaching your dog to be a better muzzle fighter and the whys, why and uh, how we do it, and, uh, you know, any of those topics, this might be a good show for you. So jumping right in, uh, why do we use muzzles? So basically, I always look at uh, dog training, good dog training. I like to say it's consistently inconsistent. So if you only use a bite suit, uh, then you're not your dog's always going to be thinking for a bite suit. But most people now understand that we need to use a bite suit, need to do some civil or safe hides where the dog can't make contact and there's no equipment present. A lot of people use uh, concealed sleeves, which is a a great idea. And the muzzle is just one more way to give the dog a different picture 
when he's out uh, doing a scenario as to finding a person that is wearing no equipment. It just opens up your, your windows of your training venues, your training opportunities, makes it easier to train with tactical teams. Uh, it just It's a fantastic tool when the dog is acclimated to it correctly and needs to be neutral, which we're going to talk about. Uh, one of the arguments that I get right off the bat is, well, the muzzle's just another piece of equipment, and when I put it on him, he goes crazy. Well, that's a training issue. It's not a muzzle issue. It's a, it's a handler issue. It's not even a dog issue. It's a handler issue. So, Also, uh, if, you, if you've trained many dogs and you've used a muzzle, I believe you would agree with me that it builds fight drive. So once uh, your dog learns how to successfully, what he believes is successfully, knocking a, a decoy down, showing him that the, let the dog feel like he's dominating the fight even without being able to bite. Then when you take that muzzle off, the dog's got more tools in his toolbox to learn how to successfully uh, you know, take a decoy down and, and stay with him in the fight. So again, I, I mentioned if it's introduced properly, it takes the equipment out of the training. And what I mean by that is that if all you do is, is follow some of the tips I'm going to give you today or do whatever you normally do, but all you do is put a muzzle on your dog, get him out of the car, walk him over, let him beat up a decoy, walk him back to the car, take the muzzle off and put the, put the dog away. Very quickly, he's going to associate that muzzle to a fight and he's not going to give you your normal behavior. It's no different than if you've trained at a building, you know, for six months in a row. You know, when you drive into that parking lot, your dog starts spinning around and is barking. He's ready to go because he knows in this building, I'm going to run around in this empty building find a decoy in a bite suit and I get to bite him and bark and be crazy. And by the time he hits that front door, that building for your first scenario that night, it's not the normal dog usually have. He's really keyed up. It's a training field effect. And you could do that with a piece of equipment. Some dogs uh, lose their mind when they see someone in a bite suit because they haven't had to do neutral behavior around that person in a bite suit, which is a topic for another day, but it's always a a good idea to, to have your dog be to where he's very neutral and muzzled and neutral with all equipment. So the way you keep the dog from getting what I would term muzzle happy, you know, he puts the muzzle on, he wants to go to work, and you're not getting a good look at the dog, is you got to put it on him and off him a lot at the beginning. So before my dog ever fights with a decoy, that muzzle is on him and off him a bunch, just practicing putting it on, taking it off, practice on and off. He drives around the car for a little bit, he maybe sits in the, the kennel for a little bit. The dog's in the house. He comes in the house, has it on, off, on, off. It's going on and off him a bunch. So that way, every time it's on him, he either believes it's going to come off in a minute or an hour. But before I've done anything, that muzzle has been on and off that dog probably a hundred times, if, if not more. And it gets the dog used to sitting still while I put it on him. He knows it's no big deal. It's going to be on and off him. It's almost like a collar. And I, I do that very first step with no stimulation, no anything. So it's just kind of a almost an annoyance. And when people say, well, you know, that's really, I can't get to that part. If you've ever had to put a collar on your dog, the Elizabethan collar, you know, the, the big uh, cone of shame, they call it. It's the same principle. They don't like that on, but because we're not associating it with anything, the dog also doesn't. So the dogs don't fight you usually to put on that, that the cone of shame because you're not anticipating it. So look at it the same way, that it's just something your dog might not want on, but if you just keep putting it on him and off him, and I do that early, early in the training. It's part of the bonding process. He's gonna wear it for a while. At 
some point very quickly when the dog's got it on, you'll know you're getting there when he just maybe walks over if you've got him in, say if you're not working and you you got him in your living room and you're watching uh, TV or something, he'll just walk over and stretch out and lay down with it on and he's relaxed and you just kind of ignore him and after a little while you get up and uh, take it back off him. The next step that I would like to do that most people don't do, but what I like to do is maybe keep it on long enough and I'll fill a bucket up with water and see if I can get the dog to drink water while he's got the muzzle on. Because that really starts getting that neutral behavior. It's like, geez, I can still drink, I can breathe, I can do anything. Then the very next step after that that I'm going to do with the dog, um, once he's you know been in and out of it quite a bit and relaxed, I'm going to start maybe play basketball with him. So I'll take him to like a carpeted gymnasium at an elementary school throw the basketball and let him start bashing the basketball around, just having fun with it. But I'm going to even keep that real short. So he's going to play with it a little bit, and I'm going to put him up. I put the basketball up. I might walk him around. I might do a little other obedience. And I'm going to just keep playing with the basketball until he'll play with it as long as he as long as long he wants, as long as I want, I should say. He won't give up on it because it starts building that stamina where he'll be bashing it around. The key here is not to let him quit playing with the basketball, keep making him want more. So he's bashing it around, running around. It might be 30 seconds the first time and a minute and then two minutes, but pretty soon he's going to be having so much fun with your interaction. Go kick the basketball out when he's trying to hold it, pick it up and throw it and just keep making him bashing the basketball around with his muzzle on a real fun thing. And then maybe once he's done that and he's really kind of tired himself out, present the bucket filled with water again, teach him how to drink the water in the bucket. Uh, again, it's not as much about drinking water with the muzzle on. It's about how, showing that neutral behavior to him. So then he realizes, all right, you know, even though I got this on, I can still drink water. So I take my time with that. And I do all those steps. It's just kind of a fun thing. And if I'm training the dog, uh, if he's my own dog and I'm doing a lot of bite work during the day, maybe I'll do this in the evening. And it's just one more thing to kind of bond with a new dog. Uh, but do it at your own pace and do it kind of slow. So the dog's not even going to see a decoy until that muzzle means almost nothing to him. And it goes back to the foundation of the dog that the muzzle at first didn't mean anything. If you throw the muzzle on the dog, engage him in a fight, that's going to imprint that dog that this muzzle means fighting. So I'm going to take quite a bit of time of just doing this neutral behavior with a new dog. Hopefully when I get him, if he's a green dog, he's never had a muzzle on at all. So I'm not trying to clean up any prior behavior with him. Um, it's just a great way to just keep going nice and slow with them, walk them around with other dogs, take them for walks, do anything I can other than presenting him with a decoy. So once the training of that is progressed, then you start to transition into to doing a little bit of decoy work. And what I'm going to do for that first one is I'll muzzle the dog up, let him have it on, maybe in the car, we'll drive around a little bit, and then uh, take it off, and then preferably go to maybe a training venue. Now I'm going to use the training field effect to my advantage. So if I have one of those buildings where the dog is going crazy in the building and, and I know he's going to be all hyped up just to be in the building, now I'm going to put the muzzle on him, walk him in there where he's already been in there doing bite work, you know, quite a bit. And then I'm going to have a decoy who knows how to muzzle fight with the dog, step out, present himself. I'll give the announcements. And then on about a 15 foot leash, I'll get the, the dog up, barking, really agitated, have the decoy really showing a lot of, of aggression towards the dog. And then I'll step into the, the decoy and let the dog hit the decoy once. 
And I want the decoy to, if not fall all the way down, at least go down to his knees, at least buckle over and react to that hit. And at the same time, the decoy is moving away from me and the dog is still moving towards the decoy so that he gets one quick hit and takes the, t- pushes the decoy, knocks him down, whatever. But the decoy is moving forward and the dog is moving forward. And when I start this new progression, that forward progression is really important. So the dog is always moving forward. We're not stopping and neither is the decoy and I'm certainly not pulling the dog back off of the decoy. So if the dog thinks he's knocked the decoy down and then the decoy starts to roll around, the dog goes and runs and gets on top of the decoy and is trying to hit him again, I'm going to slow up on the leash and give the decoy time to roll forward and stand up. But the dog is still moving forward very slowly, but he's still moving forward. I'm never pulling him back and I'm just letting him uh, keep moving forward. Once the dog will hit once and they'll do that, uh, maybe do two or three very short reps of that, chase the decoy down the hallway. The decoy goes one way. You peel off slowly, take the dog back to the car, give him some water, Maybe take the muzzle off him, let him breathe a little bit, put him up, let him relax, think about it a little bit, go back. Once the dog's recovered, the decoy's recovered, I'm going to do that same exercise a couple times. And what I'm looking for is what I want that dog engaged the entire time. So when he comes in, the decoy presents himself, I make an announcement, I want that dog ready to go. When he has the opportunity and I walk up on a 15-foot leash, the dog takes the first contact he can knocks the decoy down, maybe gets another shot in. And we're going to keep building on that until maybe the decoy barely goes down or stands up a little more and the dog's got to do two hits, knocks him down on the second hit. And the idea is that it's always forward progression and that the dog's drives are building as he's going forward and hitting. They're building. You'll see sometimes people will slap a, a muzzle on a dog, a new dog, let the dog run down range, and the dog will take a beautiful first hit. And the decoy might do a great job of falling down and then rolling over. And then pretty soon the dog kind of is straddling the guy like, I don't know what to do, and then just walks off. If you've done that, you've made a huge mistake because I want to build that desire of the dog to keep with that decoy. And the way you're going to do that is by keeping him wanting more. So every time he's really high in drive, that's when we're going to peel off, let the decoy down, go down range a little while, and then go back up, hit him again. And we're never going to let the dog drop out of drive. We use the long line to control him and keep that forward motion and the dog stays in drive the whole time. So every single time he hits the decoy, we're moving forward and the decoy is moving forward. And we, if you can find the right type of like, sometimes a school works good if they have a big carpeted school with a like a big rectangular hallway where you can just keep going around in circles. This beats decoys up pretty bad. So sometimes I'll switch out and I'll have a decoy, kind of keep having the decoys leapfrog so they're always moving forward. But once you get a dog that'll go forward, hit the decoy once or twice and really actively stay with the fight for about 30 seconds, 45 seconds, then you're starting to get over that hump. But I'm never going to let the dog go down, keep hitting the decoy a few times, and then fall out of drive. Because once they've done that, it's almost like they've lost. So you want to keep that forward progression and keep that high amount of drive you know, where the dog is constantly wanting more. Once you get the dog doing that on a very regular basis where he's you know fighting and you know he'll stay with the fight, that's when you can actually take him off leash, send him down, maybe around a corner, actively fight a decoy, go up. You could start working in your recalls, your uh, downs, your whatever you want to do and start 
uh, teaching that. And you're going to keep that also consistently and consistent. So make him a release to a down and then a second later, give him a, an engagement command and start making that just a fun way where the dog, all right, I'm going to stop. But I'm going to hit you again in a minute. But uh, if you haven't done those initial stages of building the dog up to that, don't jump ahead and don't start putting control into the muzzle until you've got the dog to where, you know, he absolutely needs control because he's going all the way down leash, all the way down field and uh, fighting very hard. So keep that in mind that you, you know, watch your dog. And if, if he shows any sign of dropping out of drive, then just stay at the place you're at and keep building his drive. I've not yet had a dog that we can't teach to muzzle fight on his own off leash for a long duration of time by building him slowly at the beginning. But I have seen several dogs where they just threw the dog out on his own. Dog wasn't super interested, maybe threw one hit in then started walking around being a dog and taking a leak or something and deciding well, this isn't very fun, so gives up. Um, if you do that, you're going to have a hard time trying to get over the hill. So start from the beginning and, and put in your time doing the, the good foundation of it. So what's the advantage now that I've got a dog that I can go out, put a muzzle on him. He's not crazy uh, when I put the muzzle on because sometimes I put it on him, nothing happens. Sometimes we go for a walk. Sometimes he has to take a nap. Sometimes we go and do a scenario, but the muzzle means nothing. Your tactical training now is at another level right there before you've even started doing it. But now you can take that dog and go out into the neighborhood and go down an alley, have a decoy out in an alley behind a dumpster, and on lead, off lead, whatever you want. No one's going to get accidentally bit. The dog's going to be able to go and find a human being that has no equipment on him whatsoever in a place where we hide human beings under under a bush or in a bush or under a tree where it's real difficult to do. And if the guy's got a bite suit on, now all of a sudden dog smells the bite suit. So dogs can hunt just fine and muzzle. And once you've done all that basic training, then you start transitioning into your scenario drills the muzzle is just one more way to keep your training going forward. My caution is that if you've done the neutral behavior at the beginning, keep doing that neutral behavior your entire career. Lots of times that dog should be uh, very neutral and should just be hanging out with his muzzle on for no other reason than you felt like putting it on him. It just needs to be one of those uh, things where the dog sometimes wears it, sometimes he doesn't, where it means nothing to him. Every time you uh, start doing scenario training and you're with your SWAT guys or other tactical teams, they're going to be more comfortable because the dog is not uh, crazy. If you've only put the muzzle on him when you're doing scenario training, again, your dog's going to be all jacked up from the muzzle. He's going to be bashing the SWAT guys. They're going to think your dog's out of control and he's not. He's reacting to what we've trained him to do at that point. So I can't overemphasize those two points. If you get nothing else out of this podcast, please think about doing a lot of just neutral behavior before you do anything else. Uh, continue doing that neutral behavior. Still go out and play with him with the soccer ball. Do some other stuff. Uh, just have fun with him sometimes. Do your obedience with him in a muzzle and carrying a soccer ball around and recall off the soccer ball and call him away from a soccer ball when it's rolling down the hill. And it, Just make it a lot of fun stuff that you can do high-level obedience with him that's fun while he's still wearing the muzzle. And the second point that I said I want you to make sure you take out of this podcast is Keep going nice and slow until the dog is ready for the next step. So build his drive, build his ability to fight with his muzzle on where he's comfortable before you ever send him downrange without it. Because if you do all these steps 
And then you decide, ah, oh, you know, I just want to see what will happen. I'm going to send him down the end of the hallway around a corner. And he runs down there and he hits the decoy once or twice. And then on his own, turns around and walks off. Well, you've wasted all your previous time because now that's what's in his mind is that I can just walk off. When, when I'm done, I'll just walk off and nothing will happen. If you have difficulty with a dog that will stay with them, usually by staying with those first steps, that will solve the problem. If you have other difficulties, just reach out to me. Give me your scenario, and I'll tell you a few different things we've done to, to teach dogs. You know, this really is a fight, and you need to stay with it. But reach out to me, Jeff at hitscanine.net. Just wanted to go over today a couple of quick ideas about muzzle fighting. I think muzzles are very, very important. I would not myself, I would not train and deploy a patrol dog without having him very efficient and very good at muzzle fighting because it just opens up a whole nother world for you for your training and gets the dog truly ready for the street. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, like I said, just reach out to me, Jeff at hitscanine.net. We're going to be doing a lot more episodes going forward here uh, after our little break. So I'm happy to be back and stay safe out there. For any uh, questions about hits next year, check out our website, hitscanine.net. Give you all the information about hits in Orlando. Thanks. Be safe out there. Thank you. Ciao.